0: Welcome back to a brand new episode of Strucky Sports Talk, and today I'll welcome special guest Tim Doherty to the show. He is a former member of the UMaine and Penn State men's hockey teams, and current member of the Allen Americans of the ECHL, which is the Double A affiliate of the NHL's Minnesota Wild. So it was awesome to talk to him about his college career, starting his pro career. And growing up on Aquatic Island, as we have yet another Division I athlete from Portsmouth, Rhode Island, on this podcast. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Here he is, Tim Doherty. I'd now like to welcome on a very special guest to the show. It is Tim Doherty of the Allen Americans in the East Coast Hockey League. Tim, welcome to the show, and how's it going?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Things are going well.
0: So, beginning with growing up on Aquidneck Island, playing hockey, what would you say got you interested in playing the sport of hockey?
1: Yeah, um, my dad played hockey growing up, and he played uh, URI, uh, where he went to school. And so ever since I was a little kid and... Um could stand really. I was on skates and so um you know I immediately fell in love with the game at a really young age and um you know still love it just as much to this day I think. Um and yeah, just being on the Quinnick Island playing for the Newport Whalers, which was a lot of fun. Um and then I eventually went to the Providence Capitals um and played in a really good league and and that and with a lot of Massachusetts kids. So um that kind of wrapped up my little youth career there and uh yeah
0: who would you say would be kind of like your role models growing up either like within the nhl or maybe local who would you say you kind of looked up to when you were growing up
1: um tough question uh, i looked up to a lot of people I, I think one of the main people i looked up to was my cousin whose uh his name's ryan andrews he uh he kind of grew up with us in on Aquidneck Island, and so he was like, you know, four or five years older than me. So I was always looking up to him and wanted to be like him, stud um, athlete, everything like that. Um, and then in the NHL, I'd say Sidney Crosby. Um, I think that's an easy answer because he's one of this you know, one of the best players in the world. But uh, ever since he first came to the league, he was my favorite player to watch. Um, just thought he was so smart. And uh, just so skilled and um, just tried to learn from his game as much as I could.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, not really rooting for him as much when he's playing against the Bruins because we know it can kind of terrorize them. He's such a great player. But going on to your career at Maine, what was their kind of like pitch to you and what made you want to play there for the majority of your college hockey career?
1: Yeah, Maine is a super special place. Um you know, obviously a, a sad time right now with what happened with coach red there, um, and his passing, but, you know, he was a big part of why I went to Maine. Uh, he's such an incredible guy. Um, just someone you, you kind of wanted to be around. He was, he always had something to say, which was the best, um, you know, and he really, he sold me on Maine and that's the place I wanted to be. And, um, you know, as soon as I got there, I, that was the best. I mean, that you can't really ask for much more for college hockey than a place like Maine. Um, especially my senior year, we were having a really good year. Um, the place was sold out every night. I think we lost like one game at home. Um, you know, playing in Hockey East was a, a dream come true for me. Being a kid from New England, and you know, growing up watching Nesson, you know, all the Hockey East games and stuff like that. So um, to be able to to play in the Hockey East and to put on the Maine sweater was something really cool um something i'll never forget
0: and i mean with maine too we have alfond arena which you mentioned before just such a great place i mean you have the upper bowl there that makes it just so intense with the atmosphere but what was it like to kind of play there on a nightly basis like were you guys kind of fired up a little bit more when you knew you had a home game and you could just have that crowd behind you
1: yeah absolutely um I mean, when we would get to the rink at like 5 o'clock for a 7 o'clock game or, you know, maybe a little earlier and, you know, you walk to like the player's entrance from wherever you park or get dropped off and you can see the student section already has a line waiting outside the building to get into the rink. I mean, they're showing up before we do and they got to wait like an hour and a half just to get in in the freezing cold. So um, kind of from the get-go walking in, was you know, it was going to be a big night and then uh, and warm-ups you know, the student section is completely filled. Um, you know, the public bowl starting to get filled up. And then as soon as you come out for the national anthem, it's just the place is literally shaking. Um, I mean, I can remember one game against UNH, who was our rival, it was completely sold out. And we scored with like a minute left to tie it up. And the place was the loudest I could ever hear it. I mean, it was it was shaking. It was insane. So, um, yeah, Alphonse definitely the coolest building I've ever played
0: in. You just mentioned that UNH game. I mean, I've watched those games on TV several times before. It just seems like probably the one of the best rivalries in Hockey East. I mean, I bet if, if BC and BU didn't exist, I think UNH and Maine would probably take that rivalry just because both schools take that game just so seriously it's always sold out I know it's always a whiteout at UNH and Maine always has their own thing to do with that game but what was it just like to play in that game like was that a game where you guys circled on your calendar it's like we can't lose this game because we're gonna lose the bragging rights they're gonna have that for the next year or so was it like just we can't go out there and lose this game we have to do everything we can to do to beat UNH was that kind of that mindset for you and and your teammates
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you mentioned like the calm math battle with BC and BU. That's definitely a cool one, but um, the main UNH, I mean, there's nothing like it just because how into like the student sections get into it. I don't, you know, I'm not sure it's the the same at BU or BC with the student sections and, you know, just the general crowd. um, It's insane. There's so much, you know, chirping and dirty little plays that go on it. It just makes it the best and, Um, I know every year guys look forward to the UNH game because, you know, whether it's at UNH or at Maine, it's going to be sold out and the place is going to be rocking. So, just yeah, it's definitely one of the the most fun games of the year.
0: So you were there at Maine for four years, obviously, and we'll get into Penn State in a bit. But what would you say would be kind of like one of your favorite moments at Maine or or one of your favorite teammates there? Like what kind of stands out to you from that aspect from Maine?
1: Yeah, I made so many good friends at Maine. Um, just had a, a heck of a crew up there. It was a lot of fun to be at the rink every day. Um, you know, the list could go on of all the great friends I made there. But I think uh, my senior year was something really special for me um, and my classmates. Uh, super close with with all of them. Um, you know, especially Mitch Fossier. We we played together, uh, roommates freshman year, and whole nine yards. Um, he was such a good buddy of mine up there and still is. And um, yeah, like I said, it was just a really good culture up there. And uh, it was fun to go to the rink every day, you know, like laughing at practice. And I don't know if you can find that in many places. So I think that's a special part about it.
0: And you did have a great senior season there at Maine. You finished with 14 goals, 23 assists, and 37 points. Did you kind of attract a lot of attention? after that season and were you kind of thinking of some schools you could transfer to in the back of your mind or was it kind of I'm going to try and jump into junior hockey you know semi-pro hockey right after college what was that kind of process like for you
1: um it was definitely a weird one just because it was uh COVID um and everything kind of got shut down so like at the end of college year you usually Um, If you have an opportunity, go play a little pro after for the spring and kind of finish out the year on like a PTO or something and just kind of get your feet wet in pro hockey. But, um, you know, that the way that season ended was very different because there was no place to go except home like everybody else and kind of go into this lockdown here. So um, I thought that using my last year of eligibility was probably the best decision, Um, not knowing like the future of pro hockey for the next year um and it turned out to be a really good decision so kind of had to go through that transfer transfer portal process and um kind of kind of find another home for the next year
0: so your home ended up being in pennsylvania at penn state after spending those four years at maine you became a grad transfer as you mentioned before transferred to penn state so you got to imagine, I mean, obviously, yeah, you don't want to go into a league that somehow shuts down right when COVID hits. But was that kind of that rule from the NCAA where you can use that extra year of eligibility? Was that something kind of you were thinking of or was it something that you never kind of thought of before? And then once COVID hit, it's like, bam, I can jump on that and use it to go to a big school, you know, make a name for myself, even though you have one already from a great career at, at Maine, you know, Talkie East you could go to a big school like a Penn state, you know, somewhere like that in the big 10 or maybe another school that's, you know, a big name program where you can flourish there and then use that to kind of prop up your status and try and get that career going in, in pro hockey.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I, um, it honestly wasn't really something that I was thinking about. Um, I mean, I registered my freshman year, so that's when I got that extra year of eligibility. I didn't play. And so I knew I had a a year on the back end um, and I I could have gone back to Maine or I could have done this transfer process thing. (laughs) Um, But I really was trying purposefully not to think about it. Um, I wanted to kind of enjoy every single day at Maine. And, you know, even if I was coming back for another year at Maine, I want to enjoy every day I had with my classmates and my teammates. Um, You know, I know like even my family members, my buddies, throughout my senior year, like, oh, what are you going to do next year? Are you going to transfer? And I was like, you know, I honestly really haven't thought about it and I'm not putting any thought into it because I kind of just want to focus on this year and, you know, try to win a championship with this group, um, which I think we might have been able to do. We had that swimming kid in net who's not too bad. Um, but, um, you know, and then kind of it all happened really fast with the COVID shutdown and um, just did a lot of thinking and, you um, you know, it really wasn't anything against me. And I just wanted to, to try a new experience. I wanted to go to one of those big time schools, you know, a big football school and, you know, 40, 50,000 kids in a big town. And, um, kind of just have a, a different, ex- you know, life experience really is what I was, I was looking for. And, uh, Penn state from an education standpoint, they got the number one alumni network in the world. So when this hockey thing's over, um, you know, I'll have, a Penn State degree, master's degree to fall back on and uh, kind of make those connections in the real world, which is something that's going to be pretty valuable.
0: Yeah, definitely. There's so many other benefits there with your career at Penn State. But going into this season, I mean, didn't have the best start to this season, obviously. You started 0-5, but turned it around after that. But what was the message kind of in the locker room with your teammates at that time to kind of help get out of that funk?
1: Yeah, I mean it was just such a hard start, right? Because with these COVID rules and everything, we were practicing and working out, and you know you're only allowed to hang out really outside of the rink in these three groups for the preseason. So, you know you're going into Minnesota the first night, first game, you you hardly know like half your teammates, and uh, so that wasn't easy. And obviously the O and five wasn't too fun, but you know I remember after the Michigan the fifth loss at home we kind of just like all right we're sick of this we we gotta figure something out here and uh we kind of exploded the next night for like nine or eight or nine goals or something like that so that was great and then um i think uh we kind of just bought into each other and you know kind of turned it around from there which was good
0: yeah and from there you guys had an up and down year but we're able to get really hot down the stretch I mean you beat number eight Wisconsin number 25 Notre Dame This certainly helped you make some noise in the Big Ten tournament you were a dark horse and beat Notre Dame again and then played Wisconsin really tough came down to the wire and only took a Cole Caulfield goal in overtime to give the Badgers the win and that would have put your team in the Big Ten championship game so was this loss kind of tough to swallow considering you guys had been playing arguably the best hockey you have all year just in my opinion, and then had a chance to steal a bid to the NCAA tournament where it was kind of unexpected and you ran through some really great teams in the Big Ten. So was it kind of devastating at that point just to realize, wow, like the journey's over and we had a chance to do something great? Or was it kind of just we'll pick up the pieces and move on? Because I know it's different for you because that was your only year there. I mean, you're not going to be there next year, but some of these guys were you know, still there and they're still going to be here for the next season. But what was kind of the message in the locker room after that tough loss?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it was tough. Like we were playing super well the second half of the year, um, you know, and then we kind of got struck by COVID and we had to miss like 34, 35 days, something like that. So it kind of really, I mean, I thought I think we were highly ranked at the time too, which kind of stunk. So when we came back, I mean, we got our, we got our butts kicked at Notre Dame the first weekend back from COVID and we came back home and we knew we were going to have to play them in the playoffs, but uh, we kind of knew that we, you know, we're better than that. And so we, we came in with a little chip on our shoulder and I mean, we went down two nothing early in the, the quarters to Notre Dame and we, but no one really lost hope and, you know, kept believing each other ended up winning a big game against Notre Dame and Um, then obviously the the next night played Wisconsin pretty tight. And, um, but it was pretty sad after that. Um, you know, we felt, you know, we were, we were a good team and, you know, we, we maybe could have done well in the NCAA tournament, but obviously, um, you know, it probably wasn't going to happen. I think guys are pretty upset because we were playing really well before the COVID shut down and, um, You know, we thought we probably deserved a little bit more, but that's kind of the way of the road.
0: So looking at you personally kind of down the stretch there, you had been on a scoring streak. You scored three goals in the last two games. What was it like just kind of absorbing the atmosphere and flourishing in it? Because you did so well in just kind of an intense environment where every game your season's on the line. But what was it like kind of succeeding in that moment for you?
1: Yeah, it was it was cool. It was fun. I mean, it's always it's always nice to to be a part of, of something like that and, you know, help help win and be successful. Um, you know, I was playing with two really good players, so it kind of made it nice for me. Um, but yeah, it was it was a blast and I wish I could have scored one more so we could have gone to that big 10 championship, but that's what it is.
0: So just looking at kind of the Big Ten compared to Hockey East, is there a difference to you? I, I know it's always kind of business as usual, but did you notice if it was kind of like faster, more physical, more experienced? Was there kind of a difference between the two? Did you notice any at all?
1: Yeah, I, th- I thought there was a bit of a difference. Um, I think Hockey East has a bit of more of a grind to it. Um, I think – it's a bit of a tougher league in terms of, you know, the corner battles and the hitting and the physicality, where Big Ten I thought was a bit more faster and a bit more skilled. Um, you know, in hockey, you got your BCs, BUs, and, you know, super high end skill teams. Um, but I thought that every team in the Big Ten was like that. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think one's better or worse or something like that. I, I think they're definitely different in their own ways. But um, yeah, I definitely thought there's a bit of a difference.
0: So your career at Penn State did end somewhat recently, right before the NCAA tournament. And right after that, you were able to jump on with the Allen Americans and you've had little time to adjust. I mean, you joined the team pretty much right after that season ended at Penn State. But what has it been like adjusting to this new fit? I mean, you have to kind of take on a new lifestyle, so to speak. So what has it been like? kind of adjusting to all of the the new changes coming on with this new team and it just kind of affecting your life overall
1: yeah it's been a bit of a whirlwind here um kind of all happened pretty quick with was on a flight within like you know 18 hours of getting the call and kind of had to play a game like you know 12 12 hours after that so it's kind of crazy first couple of days there but uh just getting adjusted to like the pro hockey lifestyle has been it hasn't been too bad. It's a really good group of guys here and kinda of help me with any questions I have and um you know it's definitely definitely a lot different than college, but um still trying to finish up my classes from Penn State online. So uh that's been a little tricky. Um other than that, transition hasn't been brutal. Um but yeah, like you said, it's definitely a lot uh, different from college in terms of the lifestyle.
0: What would you say kind of like the travel process has been likely? How's it kind of shaped this overall kind of new take on for you? Like, how is it kind of really affected kind of forming those bonds with your teammates? Like, are you guys kind of, playing cards on the the flights like what are you guys doing to kind of you know stay sharp and everything and you're coming on to a, just a brand new group of guys and most of them might not even know who you are like they're so busy and focused on hockey like they don't really have time to like watch the college game or anything like that so you're coming on to just a brand new team where you don't know everyone so what has it been like to kind of form those bonds with those teammates yeah um good
1: question I, it's been good i mean in my opinion, for the most part, hockey players are all the same. They're all pretty laid back, easy going, good people like to have fun. Um, And so, you know, as long as you can be yourself and be a good guy, it's pretty easy to fit in. Um, I've had a really good roommate here, so he's, uh, he's helped me a lot. And, um, you know, just hanging, hanging with the guys outside of the rink is, you know, that's kind of where you form those relationships. Um, so, So that's been going pretty well. It's, Like I said, it's a super group of guys here uh, welcomed me with open arms. And, um, you know, every day has been great.
0: All right. So I want to move on to some other questions here. What would you say would be like your favorite arena in the Hockey East and the Big Ten if you can't pick your home arenas?
1: Oof, that's a tough question. Um, In the Big Ten, I thought Minnesota was really cool. just kind of a, a historic program and historic rink there. Um, you know, the Gophers are a huge deal out there and kind of seeing her Brooks on the wall and, um, you know, all that really cool stuff was, I thought that was neat for me. Um, and then in hockey, east, um, geez, I, there's there's nothing like the Alphon. but, uh, you know, I kind of like going to UNH just because, it was always usually packed barn there and the student section. Um, they kind of, you know, it's kind of a big student section goes on that slant, like kind of on top of you. So I, I thought that was really fun and kind of playing in that environment.
0: Yeah, no, I've been able to go to the WIT a ton of times. I love it there. I mean, there's so many great arenas there. I mean, Northeastern is a great one. I mean, you have, honestly, UMass Lowell is kind of underrated in my opinion. That that place gets really loud and then, I mean, PC's okay. I'm sure it was cool for you. I mean, getting to play back in Rhode Island was cool, but just the overall arena is not the greatest, but still just so many great arenas in the hockey East. I mean, it's pretty much the biggest sport at every single school. So that, that's what makes it great in my opinion. But there's so many great, I think, like chants and everything from these student sections. But what would you say kind of like is your favorite like chant that you've heard or like the funniest one? I know it's a tough question, but what would you say kind of stands out to you?
1: Um I don't know that's tough. Um hard question. <laughs> I don't know. When you're on the road, you try to zone it out, you don't want to listen to it. Um I know at, at Maine they had a lot of good ones for the refs. They weren't too kind to the refs there and um but I know it I keep talking about UNH, but at UNH, whenever we would go they they would have like posters along their student section in the front row and like every poster was a chirp about one of the guys on the main so yeah you know if you're, when you're in warm-ups and you skate by it you read something by yourself kind of just chuckle you, you laugh um we had a guy in our team that uh is a big like youtuber Pache, um and i remember he had a few posters about him kind of ripping him and we were all kind of laughing about it he he loved it too so they were funny it's all good stuff i i think that's the coolest part about college hockey is how involved like the students are and stuff, especially in hockey. So yeah, it's
0: sweet. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine the goalies love when everyone in the arena is chanting Civ, but you know, I, I, I yeah. think they kind of tune that out. I, it's definitely difficult when you have like a couple thousand people, you know, screaming at you. And then I love the, the three blind refs is another one that I love. I, they do that at UNH, but yeah, yeah I mean, there's, there's so many, there's, there's just so many of them, but uh, moving on. I mean, you your former teammate Jeremy Swayman he's been just dominating with the Bruins as of late have you gotten a chance to kind of catch the highlights or watch him I know you're busy on the road right now but what has that kind of been like for you watching your former teammate go off and do something amazing in the NHL
1: yeah it's really cool Sway's a great guy he's one of my good buddies up there Um, you know I think he deserves everything that's kind of coming his way just practicing with him and playing with him for three years he uh he's one of the hardest workers I've ever seen and um just <laughs> he's just so good I, I there's no other way to put it I watched him make saves in college but you know not many goalies could ever make so that was sweet and um, you know just doing drills and practice whether it was three on three or shootouts or whatever it was like he made everything a competition so he never just he never wanted to get scored on and I think it kind of made us better as players because we wanted to score on him just to shut him up. And um, he refused to let us do it most of the time. And I think that's what made him a lot better. And obviously you can see that paying off now in the the National League.
0: I mean, he just looks so composed. I think that's what makes him just so different. Like he's making like veteran saves, which is just crazy. I mean, he – kind of looks like Tim Thomas right now. I mean, just the way he kind of moves, the way he's so aggressive. I mean, you can't really compare it to him right now, obviously, like a Stanley Cup champion and a rookie goalie, but still, he's killing it right now. i love to watch him play. Maybe he's Tuka Rask's successor in the future, but he's doing some great things over there in Boston. But moving on, just a couple questions here to wrap up. Um, Just kind of like some culture questions. Would you say you kind of have any like superstitions before a game? I know like hockey players are a different breed when it comes to that. I mean, when it's like, they take one skate first, and they tie that first, or they're eating a specific meal. Do you have any of those? Do you think before a game?
1: I try not to. Um, obviously, there's probably little stuff like what's the, the way you get dressed that you just do without even noticing. Um, but you try to go through like the same warm up and whatever. And I like to always go sit in the stands um, right after warm up before getting dressed and kind of just hang out there and. You know, five ten minutes, just kick my feet up and hang out in the stands because it's just kind of something I like to do. I don't know, it's it's not a very cool one. There's guys with way crazier ones, I know that for sure. But yeah.
0: No, there's just something like when I would play like youth hockey, like just getting to the rink hours early. There's just something great about it. You can just kind of relax, like take your time getting ready. Just just love that. But um, you grew up in Portsmouth, obviously. So tough question, but what would you say is kind of like your favorite? restaurant of portsmouth or what one do you think do you kind of like go to the most when you're you're back here home in portsmouth
1: i love an all-american pizza from west maine so i think uh, i think that'd be my go-to meal in portsmouth can't really go wrong with that
0: yeah definitely can't i mean the specialty pizzas at west maine are pretty they're pretty good over there uh final question here uh what would you say would be like your favorite flavor of dell's like you 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 know, go up to a Dallas truck in the summer, which one are you going with lemon or watermelon
1: watermelon?
0: That's the right answer. Every, every time I, okay. I just, yeah, I know. I just don't understand the lemon aspect. I mean, it's okay. But I mean, I don't know. I, I've gotten a lot of heat for the, you know, or always buying watermelon, but I just, I don't see any other way. I just think it's a better flavor. I agree. Well, Tim, that's going to do it. And thanks for coming on the podcast. And I know you busy with, the Allen Americans right now, but thanks for taking the time and coming on here.
1: Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me, buddy.
0: If you're a fan of this podcast, then you should also check out the Runnin' Rams podcast. This is the other podcast I'm on with my co-host Gavin Bishow, where we cover everything about the URI men's basketball team. In our last episode, our off-season episode, we talked to new Syracuse commit Cole Swider, who's also a former guest on this show. In the past, we've also had some great guests, including assistant coach Kevin Sutton, Ryan center man John Vanner, and WPRI sports reporter Maury Hirsch-Gordon. Be sure to stay tuned for any future off-season episodes for this podcast. And you can also buy our Running Rams podcast merchandise. We have a gray short-sleeve pocket tee for $20 and a white long-sleeve t-shirt for $25. And both of these have the logo on them. To buy either of these shirts, you can contact our socials. So go to at runnin.rams.pod on Instagram or at Running Rams pod on Twitter to support the podcast. Now, back to the show. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of Strucky Sports Talk, and it was great to have him on the podcast so a special thanks to him for coming on stay tuned for next week's episode as I'll welcome on special guest Nikki Merrill to the show she's also from Portsmouth and is currently on the track and cross country team at Villanova so I'm moving up the ranks and getting up most of the current and former D1 athletes from Portsmouth on the show it's also a great time to be a Boston sports fan I mean the Red Sox were just on a nine-game win streak The Celtics are, I believe, 7-1 in April. The Bruins are heating up right now. They just got Taylor Hall at the deadline. So it's an awesome time to root for Boston sports. It's a great time to keep listening to this podcast. So until next time, this is Shrucky signing off.